Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second in our series of podcasts focusing on the impact of COVID-19 on the West Africa fertilizer market. My name is Mike Nash, Senior Editor for Fertilizers at Argus. Now, in our first Argus Africa Knowledge Series, we looked at the consequences of coronavirus from a demand and supply perspective. And in this second instalment, we will be examining the logistical impact from ports to internal transport to cross-border movement. And here to discuss this with me today, once again, I'm absolutely delighted to have a panel of guests uh, from the West Africa Fertilizer Association. So if I can introduce first Innocent Akuku, who is the Vice President of WAFA. We also have with us Dr. Abdoulaye Dia, who is the WAFA Secretary for Research and Training and also Head of Sales at ICS Indorama in Senegal. We also have Malik Niang, who is the Communications Secretary for WAFA and also Managing Director of Afrojec. And lastly, we have Mohamed Haidara, who is the Assistant Treasurer of WAFA and also the Chief Executive Officer of CGIA. Gentlemen, welcome. Yeah, welcome everyone. Everybody. Thank you so, thank you so much, Mark. Abdoulaye. Okay, gentlemen, so in the, the first question, I think um, from conversations we, we've had with uh, IFDC and with WAFA, it was quite clear that um, your organizations were instrumental in push, pushing um, ECOWAS and other sort of government entities within the region to recategorize and treat fertilizers as essential commodities in order to facilitate their movement. Um, how widespread was that categorization implemented? How many countries actually adopted that and, and followed up what you uh, what you advised? And what difference do you think that made? And I open that up to uh, all our guests. Um, OK, Mike, thank you so much. This is Innocent. Uh, let me give it a first shot. Um, so uh, I'd like to first of all give uh, significant credit to the governments of the countries across West Africa, uh, who from the very beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic and the response of countries in, in, you know, in having to impose lockdowns and shutting down economic activities, recognized that agriculture is a critical part of their ecosystem that will determine survival beyond COVID-19. And as such, categorized agriculture and cultural-related activities as essential. Uh, in most of the countries, fertilizer inclusive. Uh, so um, why I'm saying this is because yes, WAFA was very key to ensuring that that uh, categorization of fertilizer spreads across the entire West Africa. But it's important to say that the countries were in themselves quite proactive in the categorization. It was only in a few cases where um, the declaration was not expressly clear that it would include uh, fertilizer. Some countries just put it as food and food-related items. And therefore, uh, WAFA had to, through its national associations in some of the countries, uh, an example is in Côte d'Ivoire, uh, where we had to intervene. Uh, so, yeah, the countries were really very forward-thinking. ECOWAS itself was very uh, positively inclined towards keeping agriculture and food-related activities going on. So how widespread was that? I would say in the entire West Africa, uh, all of West African states kind of considered, um, at the end of the day, considered fertilizer and other agricultural impute as essential items 
that should not be restricted, especially because across the sub-region, uh, it was a period where one could say we were preparing for the next major farming season when the lockdowns were being imposed. So it was quite uh, widespread. And that's, that's quite significant because uh, today, um, agricultural activities are warming up and taking off in many of our countries at a good level. That would not have been the case if, um, if fertilizer and other inputs were significantly restricted uh, during the high uh, lockdown periods. So, so I think that that would, that would be my, my input to this. Thank you, Innocent. Um, gentlemen, would anyone like to add to uh, what Innocent has said there? Yeah, Mike, uh, Malik here. So, I mean, I, I just have to say something about uh, what Innocent was saying, actually. When the uh, pandemic uh, just popped up in our region, in the beginning, I mean, people were not uh, thinking it can be something uh, very, you know, complicated for our countries to manage. As we were going and we were feeling like, okay, all the cities were about to, you know, lock themselves out, uh, lock themselves up from the other from the other cities. Uh, then we started realizing that uh, uh, how can we, um, you know, uh, put a, a system where agriculture will not be impacted uh, or we, we can reduce the impact of the pandemic into agriculture. So I, I can say one of our biggest uh, chance. Uh, well, we're, um, you know, um, trying to uh, push ECOWAS to put the fertilizer as an essential commodities. One of our biggest trends was the fact that most of our farming region are in upcountry. So it is not in the big cities where you have, like, if I take the example of Cote d'Ivoire, we have two, two big cities, which, is, uh, which are um, um, Abidjan uh, and Yamusokro. Uh, Abidjan being a port city uh, itself, it was a very good thing that it was only Abidjan that was locked up. So the thing is, even if, like, we were, um, you know, pushing ECOWAS to put the uh, fertilizer as a good, uh, as an essential commodities, even if we did that, the thing is also, even while there was locking down, uh, while there was locking up the cities, uh, most of the trucks, most of the goods, most of all the material that, uh, that was very important were allowed to travel from one city to another. So the lockdown was only, um, was specifically for only the, the, the people. Okay, so if you don't need to go out, if you don't need to go to another city, the government was asking people to stay home and all that. So when we put then when we put uh, the fertilizer as an essential commodities, uh, it was helping the, the the operations on the ground because customs office, you know, police office, all the guys that were working, I mean, on the field was now uh, were now giving a particular. Uh, um, uh, a particular um, call when it comes to fertilizer because we were just preparing the season. We were just preparing, we were just getting in the season, uh, agricultural season. So when this come up, so people were now obliged to understand that fertilizer is very important, that they need uh, to particularly let all uh, the, the, you know, the trucks or any other type of, uh, you know, fleet uh, moving from here and there, they should let them go uh, as easy as possible so that it is not going to impact uh, the, the agricultural uh, season. OK, uh, well, thank you, gentlemen, for that. I, it, it's interesting. I mean, you, you look, I mean, when, I, when we, you know, when we first start to look at the, the fertilizer sector in Africa, I think one of the first things we always learn and when we're giving our presentations is that the logistics element, when you look at 
the cost to the farmer. I know there's obviously a lot of the subsidy that's at play in many of these countries, but when you look at the cost to the farmer of the fertilizer, including the logistics element from you know from port or from distribution point to the actual farm gate, it's disproportionately high in Africa. And we all know the reasons for that, the the, the relative infrastructure issues, you know, the cost of transportation, the time. Um, but it's interesting that when you look at the various West Africa fertilizer COVID watches that you've been putting out, which are a fantastic sort of summaries of what's been going on, it would indicate that the overall impact of COVID has been fairly light to moderate throughout the supply chain. Um, is that something you would agree with? And what has the overall impact been? And which countries do you think have fared better? And, and why do you think that is? Um, so, Mike, Mike uh, Innocent here again. Uh, so, um, generally speaking, I think um, the overall impact of uh, the COVID on uh, the cost and prices of products in the market uh, um, has not been huge. It's just been a light to moderate uh, impact has been reported in the various uh, COVID-19 uh, watch additions and, and and the reason is this uh, in many of our countries number one there were significant volumes of products carried over from last season into 2020 and those were the beginning of the products that were available in the market so for those ones changes in logistics uh, cost because of covid restrictions and all of that uh, wouldn't have significant effect on how much they were available on the market for farmers to pick up now, for the products that was moving uh, during the COVID period, trucks that were shipped from ports into countries, I can speak very specifically about Nigeria, for example, um, they, have, they were increased in the cost of transportation. So, for example, um, an average truck uh, that would travel a distance uh, in two days to get to destination from the port city, for example, Lagos or Port Harcourt, uh, was taken up to a week. And, and that increased time uh, kind of uh, led to some higher cost. So you'll have like 10 to 15% higher cost of logistics, cost of trucking uh, for fertilizer movement during the heat of the COVID lockdown in Nigeria. Uh, on top of that, uh, some of the countries implemented rules that required for vessels that arrived in the course of the pandemic lockdown to undergo quarantine. So it meant that vessels will have to stay additional two weeks before offloading or discharge began for the cargoes that they were carrying. Um, so the implication is there will be additional cost for the vessel rentages and all of that, which would then be transferred to the cost of materials on the field. That uh, ordinarily would have had a, a higher effect on uh, the price of products in the marketplace, but because a number of items that were not really essential were not moving on the roads, so the roads was a lot, a little bit freer for the essential items, including fertilizer, it kind of had a way of, of, of adjusting down the impact of that. So the, on the overall, from at least, at least from the Nigeria case that I know very well, and from what we've gathered across the region, I think it was mild to moderate uh, impact on, on the on the cost of fertilizer that you have for uh, as coming from COVID-19. My colleagues will definitely speak more specifically to the other countries where I, I don't have uh, so much first-hand information. 
Thank you. Thank you. And that's very that's very interesting for being so specific in terms of, you know, what it actually meant for the cost. I take your point about obviously there was a lot of stock already in in place and it wasn't necessarily the peak of the season that comes later in the year. Does anybody want to add uh, their own specific experiences from, uh, say, Senegal, Ivory Coast or Burkina Faso? The impact of uh, COVID-19 on uh, the, lo- the cost of logistic in uh, Senegal. I think it's very it's light because um, you just have one period of coffee, yes. And uh, what does it mean that during this period, um, uh, people have to from twenty to five in the morning they have to stop to stop uh, traveling, and uh, that means that this increase the so time to deliver the, the fertilizer from one, one point to the other point. And this is, this is be increased the, the cost of uh, the transportation. This is the only impact, but now it's, now it's open. That means that they can uh, travel uh, all the night, all this thing, and uh, it's uh, begun in the first uh, situation. Mohammed, would you, would you like to add to that? Yes, I would just like to add uh, something to what Abdullah said, and uh, which is uh, very similar to Burkina Faso, where, uh, as you all are aware, on March 3rd, uh, the government has declared a, uh, the state of sanitary crisis. And uh, obviously, a curfew was first installed from uh, 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. Nothing could move around. And then later on, it was moved uh, one and a half month uh, after to 9 p.m., from 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. So during that time of lockdowns, we couldn't really move anything. So that kind of really stopped the transportation from uh, uh, between countries because uh, freight could definitely move easier due to COVID. However, though, we couldn't move from a certain period of the time. While most of the trucks could only uh, move in the country at night time because it's less busy. That's all I wanted to add. Okay, understood. Thank you, Mohammed. Uh, uh, Malik, did you want to add, come in on that one? Yeah, thank you, Mike. Uh, I mean, uh, what I have to say is a bit similar to what, of my, what my friends was just saying. Uh, what I just wanted to add is regarding specifically uh, Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast, Abidjan. Abidjan being um, port city, as I was saying previously, uh, we, have, we have felt um, uh, some impact at a lower level. Uh, the, 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 in the beginning of like when the pandemic started being very complicated in our country uh, and the government uh, decided you know, to put a kind of curfew, uh, the, 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 the first thing was um, like for the fertilizer vessel being alongside was to continue their operation continuously because uh, since the curfew was starting around, I think if I'm really, if I'm if I remember when it was from 9 p.m. to 5 p.m. in the morning. So what was happening is normally when a vessel is there, it can work like the full day, 24 hour a day. But at a certain at a, at a certain period of the of the of the day, some couldn't move because like if you are outside the port, you can't 
you can't get in the port actually because you can't get out from your house or from any any other place from where you need to go for, from to go to the port. So that's in the beginning was a bit complicated for I know for the like operation of the vessel to continue. So it has slowed down one of the you know the 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 speed of offloading of some vessel, which is impacting uh, the vessel to stay more than uh, expected. And also uh, at outside the port at the at outside the port level, the issue was. Uh, if you have the sufficient manpower, it's okay. Like from, but from 9 p.m., if all the people are supposed to work in your um, in your in your operation or in your warehouse are, are not here, it's difficult for them to come because anybody nobody can move around. So that's in the beginning was a bit uh, confused. So it takes like I think one or two weeks for the for the for the like for the operators around the port to get ready or to prepare themselves better. And uh, after that, after that period of two weeks. I can say maximum of three weeks, then, you know, the movement starting being flowed because uh, there was having some special authorization for those people or for the trucks or for the drivers and people were moving easily in the port area, in the very uh, restricted area of the port. So then uh, it was quite interesting for a vessel to come, and specifically when it was a fertilizer vessel as the government of Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, put this as an essential commodity. So then we, uh, we we felt at that time that you know operation was a bit uh, better than uh, than before. Okay, thank thank you, Malik. Yeah, and we'll and and we'll we'll we will. In fact, the next question is 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 moving on to sort of port operations, and maybe we'll we'll sort of just compare and contrast between some of the big ports and how they've been um, faring. Um, but just a general point at this time, when you, we we we've talked with sort of general. Um, positivity um, in terms of the actual impact being relatively limited, which is obviously good to hear. Is there an element, though, gentlemen, of a, of a little bit of good fortune in terms of the timing um, in as much as most of the big MPK, MPS tenders had been long since been awarded? Much of it had been delivered. I mean, looking at uh, I mean, I'm looking at some of the shipments from Ethiopia. I'm sorry. Um, I'm looking at some of the shipments to West Coast Africa from OCP. Um, they appear to have sort of accelerated their shipments to Africa in the first quarter and, and in late Q4. Um, do you, you know, is there a general feeling that had this happened maybe three or four months later, uh, the impact would have been far greater? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Mike, uh, innocent here again. I think the answer to that is uh, yes. Um, I think um, West Africa was really lucky that the pandemic uh, and the associated lockdown happened at the timing when it happened. Um, so had it been a bit later when we already entered the season or a bit earlier when a lot of the tenders were being awarded and people are structuring to bring to, you know, to order products and the ship in, it may have had a different uh, level of impact, which would have been much higher. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for, for me, I don't know whether this will, will on a general note, it's important to take this lesson and ask the question of how do we structure uh, in this sector such that should we have an occurrence like this striking right before or in the heart of the season or at a real sensitive time, we're able to still keep things going relatively well. So, yes, it would have been different should the timing have been used. Thank you, Innocent. Um, does anyone want to uh, add to to that point? 
Okay, we we did touch. I think Malik touched earlier on the, on the issues at the port of Abidjan. Um, as I say, the the general impact seems to be apart from sort of the quarantine element, um, the sort of the split shift approach that some of the ports have been appro- uh, adopting, which obviously has limited it. And I know some ports, certainly in East Africa, not West Africa, but in uh, Mombasa, there's been sort of an impact on bagging and that kind of thing. Um, but otherwise, you know, the impact on ports has been relatively un- uneventful. Um, has the has the situation continued to improve? Um, and are there any particular areas in your experience that are doing better than others? Well, uh, Malik here, Mike. So as I was saying, I've already speak a bit about the port operation, but it has a, a, a kind of relationship with logistics as well. Because uh, my over, I mean, the, what, I'm, what, what I want to say overall is um, what happened during this pandemic uh, when we say uh, in Ivory Coast, for instance, because this is where I can give more of an insight. Uh, I mean, it was, I can say, well uh, controlled because uh, the, I, I don't know if I can tell it a chance or I don't know, bad luck or good luck. But uh, in Africa, in West Africa, we had the time to see it coming. Like, because we saw how it was doing in China, how it was doing then in Europe, United States, and then it, it comes, I mean, in Africa. So our government had a bit of time to uh, get ready. So what just happened is the beginning of the pandemic, uh, they just needed some time to control everything, I mean, and to have um, a good control of all these things. When, I, when we talk about logistics, apart from what I was saying regarding you know, the curfew where people need to get ready before the time everything is locked down. Uh, the, the only impact I can feel right now in the operation on the ground, uh, if I take like the transportation, the, 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 the difficult thing was about uh, when they need to go out while there is a curfew. If you don't carry anything as a truck, if you don't have anything you are carrying as a driver of a truck, then you have some issues and, you know, you, you can be late uh, to go and pick up something and come back. So that was the bit, something that happened in the beginning. By the time, you know, the police and the military understood the situation, that it got, uh, it got uh, resolved. At the, at the logistic level, uh, if I take the example of um, uh, uh, bagging, for instance, or, you know, transportation of the, of the, of the, of the fertilizer itself, uh, one of the issues I was feeling was um, regarding the bagging, the bad supplies, because... One uh, challenge with fertilizer is to have it on the ground, but to bag it also as quick as possible in order to not, you know, um, uh, uh, lose some quantity or something like that because we are living in a very humid area. So the bagging, uh, suddenly, I think, bagging companies started having a lot of orders. So some of them was facing some challenge to, you know, deliver it quickly. So it also impacted the, the speed of offloading or the speed of the operation on the ground. So that also is something I could add uh, regarding this uh, logistic and port operation issue. Okay, now that's very that's very well explained, Malik. Thank you for that. Did um, uh, Abdullah or uh, Mohammed want to say anything on on this particular issue? Yeah, here uh, Abdullah is speaking. Um, the situation in Senegal is very similar to uh, Ivory Coast. 
just uh, something to add uh, the respect of um, sanitarial recommendation that means to to, to 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 have a mask or to keep some distance between the workers uh, the port uh, it's sometimes difficult to manage because for example uh, with the mask they uh, it's very hot they can't go uh, work very well uh, in some moment. That means they, they, they are obliged to stop. Also, um, if we want to keep some dissertation, we, we need to reduce the number of people who are working uh, to load the, the, a truck or something like this. That means it, this can reduce the quantity to, 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 to load, for example, per day. It is uh, the, the sanitary impact regarding the operation on board. Just what I want to add. Thank you. Thank you, Abdullah. I think, yes, I think just to summarise, I think what you're saying there is that you, you essentially, because you have to maintain social distance, you, you can't have so many stevedores or other port workers in the same vicinity, uh, which inevitably slows down their their activity. Um, did anyone else want to just make any final points on this one before we move on? I just wanted to add that uh, Malik said something about if it was good luck or bad luck. And I just wanted to add, uh, given the fact that we are in Burkina Faso and uh, we mainly get our products from uh, from the ports that are around. So mainly from Abidjan, or Lomé or Ghana. And uh, I would say that in some point, I think um, COVID-19 was a little bit of a, of, of a good luck in just one way, in uh, the transportation part. So that means the logistic, it was a little bit more fluid than before because, uh, you know, like um, uh, the freights were all operational, operational, so it could easily move but people couldn't move. So the trucks that would usually spend, uh, you know, like one week or 10 days on the road would spend more, uh, less than four days on the road. From instance, from uh, from Lomé to Bobo, which is the city, the second city in Burkina Faso. It will, it will take uh, a truck driver uh, less than four days to get here with the product. While uh, before COVID-19, it would take longer because of the traffic and, you know, things like that. That's all I wanted to add. Thank you. That's really interesting, Mohamed. So we heard from Innocent earlier saying that, you know, it actually added to the time taken in Nigeria. Whereas you're saying, Mohamed, that it actually lessened the amount of freight that was actually on the road so they could actually move more freely because first was a was an essential commodity. Um, it's just interesting how this uh, pandemic has impacted different logistics in different ways. Um, you, you, you talked earlier about the fact that um, Burkina Faso gets most of its product from the ports. I think I'm not quite sure how relevant this may be for your individual markets, but there's obviously an, an element of inter-regional trade between countries. Um, and we've often heard of, of, of sort of issues surrounding that in terms of transportation of FERTs across borders. Um, 
And the, some of the COVID-19, uh, the WAFA uh, fertilizer watches have indicated that there have been more issues at border crossings or even state border crossings within sort of the, the domestic and international transport system. Um, where do you see that now? Um, what what have been some of the problems? I mean, I've seen stories of, you know, variations in testing at the border, uh, for example, some are more draconian in their approach, some are more laissez-faire. Um, so what have been the problems encountered there and, and what do you think those implications are for the for the fertiliser market in terms of the availability and price? And also um, uh, an allied issue, what is what has this meant for smuggling of fertilisers in the region? Innocent, do you want to go first? Oh, yes. Um, so I was just going to say that um, for Nigeria, where I am based, uh, um, definitely a big part of the delays that happened was crossing interstate borders, so moving from one state to another, because one of the one of the lockdown instructions was clearly interstate travels were outlawed. So it was not possible to travel from one state to another, except you had essential uh, business. And for that, you actually needed to have a permit, a document that shows that you are on essential duty, and, and uh, you are able to move. For all of the trucks that were carrying fertilizer, and I think that part was a bit, uh, was quite well uh, approached or managed by the by the authorities locally. So the Fertilizer Association in Nigeria, FEPSAN, together with the Presidential Fertilizer Initiative implementers, uh, issued a, a kind of document that trucks who were carrying fertilizers from one state to another had in their possession and therefore once they get to the borders um, they were able to move freely but then the curfews also existed in Nigeria and then what happened was that people who, who were carrying uh, products that couldn't be clearly ascertained as essential or didn't have a permit uh, they were, a lot of them were also on the road so when you get to this cross border cross state interstate borders uh, the process of checking and and you know uh, detaining some trucks creates a kind of traffic uh, lockdown in many of the locations so that to meander through that in itself also slows down the movement of even the trucks that had uh, essential items like fertilizer and things like that. So that was more the experience. So it's, it's, the situation is much better now uh, that the, the country is moving from a total lockdown to uh, uh, a more open uh, situation because effective from from yesterday the 20 uh, the 30th of, of June um, interstate travels are now allowed uh, but of course in certain locations where the vast majority of the confirmed COVID-19 cases uh, resident those places have stricter measures now but nationwide there's a better ease of movement from one state to another uh, so that's that's how that's what it's been like. So I, I imagine my colleagues, especially the especially Mohammed, uh, who's who's uh, who is in Burkina and the supplies to Burkina definitely comes from outside of Burkina, uh, would be able to speak to the experience in in terms of inter-border, inter-country uh, border crossing situations, uh, some of which we had reported on the on the COVID watch. Innocent, thank you very much for that. That's a very, a very precise uh, explanation of what's been going on, um, and it chimes with what we've been hearing. Uh, Mohammed, did you want to uh, add anything from the, the experience in your country? 
Uh, yes, uh, Mohammed speaking. Thank you, Innocent, for, for the insight. Uh, exactly. So, in, um, as Burkina Faso is a, land, is a landlocked country, so uh, at first, during the, the beginning of COVID-19, it wasn't easy because of the, because not because of the freight, but more likely because of the, the main restriction. Because when uh, the truck driver gets to the border, they have to go through some tests and making sure that uh, they don't have fever or uh, they, are, they are well protected so that they don't get uh, people contaminated. So that was kind of some of the restrictions, but after I think it was uh, lifted in the, in the long run. I think uh, that's all I had for now. Okay, so generally it sounds like the, the situation is improving. Um, Abdullah Malik, did you did you want to add anything on the uh, the sort of the interstate and interregional element of the logistics discussion? Yes, Mike uh, Malik speaking here. Um, I mean, uh, it's it's a matter as a subject I can uh, have uh, a direct uh, you know implication because at the same time we were facing that issue, I was having a particular order which was supposed to move from um, uh, Cote d'Ivoire to Burkina Faso. And as you were saying, uh, Abidjan is a port city and Abidjan is deserving some of the nearby countries such as Mali and, um, and Burkina. So the, 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 the impact that we had in Abidjan also uh, was felt uh, back in Burkina and in, uh, in, in, in Mali. But in the beginning, and it is um, still what I was saying in, the, in my first uh, 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 approach, is in the beginning there was a lot of confusion because uh, at the same time uh, we were having those uh, lockdowns, those issues of curfew and all that. At that same time, the major uh, operation of uh, fertilizer delivery to the cotton companies in West Africa was happening. So at the same time, uh, people were supposed to finalize uh, their, their orders and their deliveries. At that same time, they face a lot of issues on the ground uh, in the borders because some trucks were supposed uh, to pass but uh, spend more time than, than, than before because the customs were not, I mean, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a good numbers of people to be there to, you know, to control all this and that. So in the beginning, it was a lot of, there was a lot of confusion. But while we were going uh, forward, uh, it, I mean, the system was quite well uh, implemented. And we were feeling even after that uh, uh, two, three weeks of confusion, we were feeling a kind of speed on the operation on the ground because I feel that okay, they 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 they, they, was, they, they get surprised by the issue by all this uh, curfew, all this pandemic restriction. You know, uh, uh, you know, you, you need to wear a mask when you are driving or when you are outside. You need to have an alcoholic uh, uh, a gel or something like this. Uh, you need to not to be uh, like two or three uh, in the truck at the same time. So all of these things were not really uh, well captured by the people, either from uh, the government side or the administration uh, side. 
and uh, nor from the from the public uh, side of view. So in the beginning, there were a lot of, uh, in the beginning there was a lot of confusion. But while we're going forward, people were understanding this, and it was well uh, put in place. And later on, things were moving freely. And thanks also to uh, the fact that all those companies that I was saying, those cotton companies, understood the fact that uh, some uh, critical uh, change happened on the ground. So they didn't, you know, uh, 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 they didn't fi finish some, uh, how can I say, terminated some, terminated some contracts uh, because they they knew that some issues were happening on the ground because you know it's a it's a contract you need to deliver a quantity a certain quantity in a certain period if you if you fail to do they just cancel your order or they just cancel your contract but they didn't do so so thanks also to uh, those bodies they understood well that I mean a major issue was happening worldwide and they also took some good decision that we saw the impact on the ground in the operations and in the port uh, and in the borders, you know, uh, uh, crossings. Thank you, Malik, for that um, very detailed response. Um, Abdullah, did do you want to come in on that at all? Oh, for, uh, yes, Abdullah. Fortunately for, for me, in, during this period, I uh, didn't have the problem of uh, crossing border because um, in this period, I mainly supply for the um, local market. Uh, all the export was already finished uh, in uh, December. And uh, during this period, that means March, when the COVID-19 was in, uh, in our countries, they just I just had to supply in the local um, parties of Senegal. That means uh, I don't, I didn't, didn't find very big issue with this, with this aspect. Understood. Thank you, Abdullah. Um, okay, gentlemen. Well, listen. I think that brings us to the end of this uh, this second session. Um, I just wanted to thank you. I think it's been a really fascinating conversation. I think you've all contributed and really added to the uh, to my understanding and, and my knowledge of, of the region and, and thank you for giving such detailed answers so i want to thank uh, abdullah malik mohammed and of course innocent um i'm just now going to say a few words just to uh, sort of do the outro so thank you all for for participating and sharing your insights with us uh, and as part of the argus africa knowledge series we're excited about bringing you more key updates from the africa fertilizer market Thank you once again for tuning in and keep an eye out at argusmedia.com for more sessions.